faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Today is Tuesday, June 8, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. Coming up on the podcast today, Burger King takes a swipe at Chick-fil-A over their LGBT stance. And a judge has told a Canadian pastor uh, that was jailed for preaching that his religious freedoms were not violated. Interesting ruling there. Plus, a uh, big-time pastor is stepping down. We'll have the details there. And Washington State is offering marijuana to adults who get vaccinated. The latest uh, push to try to get people to take the vaccine. So we will have those stories and more with Trey Gons Phillips from faithwire.com. Trey, how's it going today? Good. I mean, just, you know, me and a, me and a loud dog, the other yeah. co-host. All right. Well, hopefully so she's, she's quiet at the moment. Okay. Knock on wood. Okay, good. Just before um, taping here, Piper was piping up. So we'll, we'll yes. see. We'll, we'll be on pins and needles that she doesn't go into a barking fit in the middle uh, of the podcast here. Right. So, I, so the stories today to me are just like, crazy right like, yeah i'm morally convicted <laughs> that i've even brought up the burger king one um it, for a number of reasons one i i typically you know it's like coke versus pepsi burger king mcdonald's yeah i always go to mcdonald's that's just me and obviously chick-fil-a over that um and yeah. so we've got that interesting uh uh then there's piper there she's not she's not quiet now yeah but but uh yeah that is a um that is a battle going back and forth right now. So I was a little conflicted on even bothering to bring it up and give Burger King the attention, right. but decided to go with it because it's just irritating. I know, you so. know, I tend to agree with you. So Chick-fil-A is always, of course, at the top of the right, list. But, of course. you know, next would, would definitely be as unhealthy as it is. Anybody who says they don't like McDonald's, I, I think they are lying. I or agree. they've convinced themselves of an untruth because <laughs> it just is, it, it is objectively good yes. i mean i know that it's plastic i'm putting plastic into my body we know this no one's going there to going be healthy down. right like you're not going there yeah. to go you know what i'm really trying to you know lose lose a few pounds here or you know lower my cholesterol that's not what you're going to mcdonald you're going to get a delicious sandwich and you're right, right. Exactly. i mean some things are self-evident and uh the fact that the Big Mac is one of the greatest sandwiches of all time. It's just tough to deny. So, uh, exactly. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive right in here with that story. Story number one. And uh, shots have been fired. Um, hypothetically speaking, here, uh, Burger King took a swipe at Chick Fil A in their latest campaign to promote uh, an obviously inferior tasting chicken sandwich. Uh, editorial there uh, by me, uh, and I'm sure Trey would co-sign on with that one. Um, but they're promising to donate the nation's uh, to the nation's largest LGBT activist organization with every uh, sale of their new chicken sandwich that's uh, purchased. So uh, Burger King added that the campaign runs through Pride Month conveniently uh, and, quote, even on Sundays and uh, not so subtle a dig at Chick-fil-A's longstanding policy of staying closed on the uh, Sabbath day. Obviously a Christian value there. Uh, so Burger King added a tweet saying that 40 cents of uh, every chicken, which is what they're calling their chicken sandwich, I guess, uh, sold will go to the HRC and cap with a maximum donation of $250,000. Uh, this is a community we love dearly and have proudly supported over the years, so we couldn't miss an opportunity to take action and shine a light on the important conversation happening is 
uh, the comment from a Burger King spokesperson to USA Today. Uh, and efforts to boycott Chick-fil-A have once again recently heated up. We had the Daily Beast targeting Chick-fil-A CEO Dan Cathy yet again, uh, pointing out that they donated to the National Christian Charitable Foundation, which reportedly is trying to derail the pro-LGBTQ Equality Act. So being against the Equality Act, I guess, means you have to get boycotted. So what's the left saying? Well, and the right reaction was unsurprisingly mixed uh, along party lines and um, you know, a lot of people supporting, you know, on the left saying, you know, they don't, they already don't like Chick-fil-A uh, for the values that they represent, Christian values. And what's the right saying? Well, <laughs> um, you have people saying things like, I can't remember the last time I ate your salty, fatty food, but this guarantees I never will again. So that's just sort of a sampling of the types of comments you'd see there uh, underneath this post from Burger King. So uh, why does it matter? Well, Trey, I mean, companies are free to do what they want to do. But uh, I think it's yeah. pretty clear that, um, you know, it's not good business to sit here and divide the divide customers. It's like this. We've talked about this before on the podcast. These Twitter hot takes have spilled into real life. And I think the last thing we want right now is Twitter in real life to be a reality. Um, you know, unless corporations have decided that, you know, now, you know, and I'm, I'm afraid that maybe they've decided this, that having yeah. a you know, divided, but one side being super loyal because now you've picked a hot button issue and you've dug your heels in on that. You'd rather have like a fired up loyal base rather than just try to appeal to everyone. It's like, are people deciding they can't appeal to everyone now? And so, well, we may as well just pick half the country and go for it. And, you know, I think now with all the virtue signaling going on, I think now we know what side will get picked if that's the case for, mo for most companies. I think the most frustrating thing about this issue, like the Chick-fil-A issue that comes up literally every single Pride Month, every yeah. single June of every single year. Yeah, here comes uh, the call this to Chick-fil-A, yeah. Uh, and the frustrating thing about that, aside from it just being an obvious, you know, just an obvious dunk on conservatives or yeah. a dunk on Christians, is the fact that it's nobody actually cares. Like I, I know several people who have different lifestyles, who have different political views, who have different uh, religious, you know, beliefs, whatever. All of them, all of us like Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I don't think people actually care. I think it's five people, you know, whatever, who are really loud on social media yeah. and then, and then competitors to Chick-fil-A for obvious reasons, go after Chick-fil-A, uh, you know, because it's a competitor, so any any opportunity to take a, a, a you know a quick shot that's going to be a zinger that's going to get a lot of retweets, why not? You know the incentive is there uh, because they're a competitor. But I don't know of anybody except for the handful of people on social media who actually care at all about uh, the the religious beliefs and convictions of the owners of Chick Fil A, right? Because their personal beliefs and their personal convictions have never. Uh, weighed in on how the company operates, how it works. I have friends who are, are gay and have worked at Chick-fil-A and have never had an issue. Uh, so anyway, all of that to say, the vast majority of people, regardless of their lifestyle or their beliefs on human sexuality, they don't care. No. They do and, not care. No, and I think to the, to the opposite is that, you know, when, when people try to then attack them, um, then you do get 
you know, most people just go there because they make a really delicious chicken sandwich. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Who doesn't like it? So you go there and you eat it. Uh, and people, most people just don't even think about it. They're like, oh, it's a good chicken sandwich. I'm going to go there. They're also really nice and they deliver the food quickly and do it accurately. So great. I'm going to go there. Uh, and then, you know, then when you have people trying to attack them because somebody finds out that the CEO believes X, Y, Z, well, then then you have people go, you know what, I'm going to go there intentionally because I want to support them because they're being attacked. So it actually has like the reverse effect than they actually want. Um, so we'll see if this helps Burger King or not. My thought is that they just want people to pay attention to their, as I said, obviously inferior chicken sandwich. I haven't even had it. Probably won't, but I'm just going to say that uh, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Chick-fil-A's sandwich is still going to be better than that. So no need to go. But yeah, I think no, they just I, want to get it. It's I, all marketing. It's all marketing publicity. And they think that this is the way to virtue signal during Pride Month, as we've seen so many companies do. I have heard from um, my brother's girlfriend, who she's also a big fan of Chick-fil-A, so a, a reliable source. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, she did She did tell me that Chick-fil-A, I mean, that uh, McDonald's new chicken sandwich in a pinch, if you really are craving one on a Sunday and you can't get Chick-fil-A's. She said McDonald's is pretty good. It's not well, not as good as Chick-fil-A's, but she said it's not bad. It's not. I have had the spicy chicken uh, sandwich over there at McDonald's. It's it was surprisingly pretty good for, you know, I mean, I like yeah. McDonald's, but uh, I, I have to say I didn't think it would compare, but it was pretty good. It was a, it was a solid effort yeah. by McDonald's. So, all right. Yeah. So there's that for anybody yes. who's who's really craving that on a Sunday. Uh, we can't go to Chick-fil-A, obviously, but right. you can get a McDonald's for there the second go. best, I guess. <laughs> right. So. All right. Story number two. Okay. So a judge in Canada uh, ruled Monday that the religious freedoms of Alberta Pastor James Coates who, remember, was arrested uh, and placed in jail for more than a month for holding in-person worship services at his church. The judge said that his religious freedoms were not violated. Uh, so Coates, who leads Grace Life Church in Edmonton, recently submitted a charter challenge claiming that pandemic-related health orders in Alberta violated his religious liberties. Provincial court judge Robert Shigek, however, disagreed. He dismissed the pastor's application on Monday. Uh, Shigek acknowledged that the sincerity of the pastor's convictions was there, uh, but he said that his religious freedoms weren't reasonably threatened in more than what he described as an insubstantial way. Uh, again, Coates spent literally 35 <laughs> days behind bars. I, I just feel like we need to let that one yeah. sink in verse 35 days behind bars but his rights were not nah, violated in no anything biggie. more than an insubstantial <laughs> way uh, so the judge said that the jail time didn't infringe on his religious freedom uh, because he could have been released had he just acquiesced to a single condition <laughs> which is that he agreed to stop leading church services and restricted his congregation to only 15 percent of his facility's total capacity <laughs> A stipulation Coates argued at the time violated his conscience as a pastor. Shigek, though, said Coates chose to stay in jail. All he had to do was comply with the rules. That's, uh, so I the, mean, that's that's another one. You got to let that sink in again for a second. I mean, that logic yeah. is unbelievable. I mean, it's 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 literally unbelievable logic. It's like if you just kiss the ring, if you just denounce yeah. everything you believe in, there'd be no problem here at all. It's like they don't even exactly. see it. They don't even see it. I don't know how, but they don't. No. 
no, not at all. Uh, certainly is it is worth like repeating it. I might, maybe when the the podcast is over and people are listening to it on iTunes, whatever, just rewind it and let that little that 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 yeah. bit sink in. Indeed. Uh, so the the judge also pushed back against the claim from Coates and his attorneys uh, that Grace Life and the pastor were singled out. He said that the restrictions applied to everyone. Uh, and then I, I love this. Uh, the judge said that the ticketing process with Grace Life was quote quick and respectful. So for those who don't remember, in early April, just after Coates was released from jail, police came to Grace Life Church, locked the facility, and barricaded it, forcing the congregation to begin meeting at an undisclosed location for worship services. But the judge said the ticketing process was quick and respectful. So what's the left saying? Well, generally, the left has been more accepting of these harsher restrictions. The majority of the draconian measures, for example, in the United States uh, have come from states led by Democrats. Uh, a lot of restrictions have been on places and, you know, on churches in places like California and New York. Thankfully, we haven't seen anything like this. And the, the courts have ultimately sided more with, with Christians, with churches mm-hmm. uh, so far. Uh, so that's the difference between Canada and the U.S. is the, the, the religious freedoms are, are a bit more free here in the United States, it seems. Um, so what's the right side? Well, conservatives have, like Coates, argued that lawmakers have used the pandemic to overstep their authority uh, and implement long-lasting mandates that violate our protected constitutional or, in Canada's case, charter rights. Uh, so many on the right have argued this should have been uh, more about personal responsibility and not forced compliance, particularly after the first several weeks and you know maybe even a couple months after the pandemic when we knew a whole lot more about what was going on. So why does it matter? I think the, the judge, Dan and I talked to you about this the other day, the judge is interpreting these orders, one, as if they're law mm. and they're not, they're, they're orders that were, were intended and are intended to sunset and go away when the threat has gone away. And it seems that the threat should be alleviated since COVID cases have been plummeting all across Canada. Uh, but the second thing is that the, he's acting as if uh, these orders are akin to some sort of moral law. It seems like he's equating them. Like if, if you didn't steal or murder, you wouldn't have to be punished. Right. So it's like if you didn't preach, you wouldn't have to be punished. <laughs> uh, so, the, you know, the argument that Coates's religious freedoms weren't and haven't been violated because they, all he had to do was promise the government he'd stop preaching. That just yeah. is absurd, like a crazy argument. It's a it's an utterly crazy argument. And and again, this is why the Constitution matters. And this is why it's scary when because uh, obviously that's happening in Canada. But it's scary to me when you see people dismiss, uh, as we did at the beginning of covid, dismiss concerns uh, about religious freedom. And it's like they don't get that. It's not just about Christians or uh Jews that are trying to, you know, preach and then, you know, the secular society complain, well, why aren't they just following the laws? It's it's about your right to freely engage in the activities and the things that you want to. And, uh, you know, that trickles down. It's If you lose that right, everyone loses that right, whether you're Christian or not. So if you value living in a free country, you're going to uh, be a little more stingy when it comes to what you allow the government to get away with. And I, and in COVID, that was not the case. We were all too quick to try to just be good citizens and and um, and hand things over. And then look at how long it stayed. It reminds me of the scene from, um, from Star Wars when they kind of realized like, hey, why has Palpatine been in office so long? How has he managed to stay in there for so long? 
And it's like, next thing you know, it's like, oh, we just need a little emergency powers. And then next thing you know, you got a dictator in there. Now, I'm not saying that we're at that level yet, but um, I'm just saying that perhaps we should be a little more sensitive uh, about our um, freedoms that we have, whether or not you are a Christian or not. You should understand that uh, freedom is a good thing. And if yeah. we if we're just careless with it, that's how it's going to go away. And a lot of these orders have been so obscure, right? Which is why some of the, they've been able to last so long. Yeah. It's like, well, it's about safety and it's about, you know, social distancing. It's all of the language has been really kind of vague and nebulous, yeah. I yeah. guess. Uh, so it's it, the fear, I guess, for some people is when will it end? Yeah. Like, is it going to then become like, well, the, you know, climate change is a crisis and we need to put in these kind of orders. They'll look different. Sure. But yeah. we need to put in these kind of orders because it's about keeping us all safe. Uh, so it just, it becomes what's, what kind of balance do you want to live in? Because you're going to have to assume some risk. Like, would you rather be free uh, and taking risks or entirely safe and you're restricted and can't do a whole lot of anything yeah uh, at least not not you know with as it goes with churches in canada right now yes yeah. So. yeah indeed all right let's uh let us head into story uh number three uh, here we go and uh pastor rick warren saddleback church is uh which was affiliated with the southern baptist convention the sbc uh, stepping down from his position as lead pastor of the mega church, as he said, for 42 years, Kay, his wife, and I have known uh, this day would eventually arrive, and we've been waiting for God's perfect timing. Uh, Warren said in a video to the church, he said, that's always been my goal, to serve God's purpose in my generation. God has given me the privilege to serve multiple generations. Warren is, of course, you know, widely recognized as one of the nation's leading pastors, uh, many of you are familiar with him. He's guided countless young leaders. Um, he's inspired a lot of uh, pastors today, um, you know, helping them with their churches and whatnot. And of course, kind of most notable for uh, the purpose-driven church. Every church is uh, big in God's eyes and also, you know, the purpose-driven life. Um, you know, and he had created a whole kind of ministry out of this purpose-driven network, which is a global alliance of pastors. It's got 160 countries, it's a big network. So, a lot of good work being done there. Um, he's he's founded a number of things, including pastors.com, which is kind of like this online community that helps with sermons and forums and other things for pastors to kind of bolster what they're doing uh, in their churches. So a lot of things that he's done beyond the book uh, that people may not be that familiar with. Um, and and so he's, he's heading off into, uh, I guess you would describe it as retirement now, but I'm sure someone like him is going to find some things to do uh, just a different role. And so um, really, really not a left or right issue uh, here at all, Trey. But this one is just for, uh, I mean, I guess us to uh, just sort of just sort of pray, just sort of pray for the pastor here as yeah. he goes on to sort of his next uh, his next move. Yeah, it's definitely a big it's a big shift. I mean, for not just for Christians, but for people who have like, you know, have sought after, you know, self-help books or mm -hmm. learning just to better themselves uh, you know, whatever your, your view is on that. Rick Warren has been kind of a staple in American society for, yeah. for many, many years. Um, obviously he's not going away. Like you said, he'll certainly still have a, a big presence, but it's definitely a big shift for him to be stepping down from, from Saddleback. Cause it's such a huge and influential church that's done so much good in California and around the world. So, uh, it's definitely a big deal, but 
you know, it's certainly exciting too to see what what could come next and something to be be praying for. Saddleback too was in the news not that long ago because they just ordained uh, two or three women right. uh, to, right. to be in ministry leadership. So Saddleback has been in the news and they're kind of changing. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how this impacts changes at the church if they continue to to you know shift their theology on certain issues or not. I don't know. Yeah, and they uh, so they're in the middle of that search right now, uh, and so we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes. I'm sure we'll report on it when uh, whenever they pick somebody new. Yeah, for sure. All right, story number four. So this one's also on the the West Coast, but it's a little bit less. It's a little <laughs> bit less ministry ministry based. So uh, Washington State uh, is allowing adults to receive free marijuana if they take the COVID vaccine as part of an initiative to incentivize more people to get the shot. Uh, so the campaign, which they is just want everybody dumbed. healthy, Trey. I'm sorry to interrupt, but they just want <laughs> exactly. everybody healthy, right? <laughs> I, I, I'll talk a bit, <laughs> little bit about this later. I okay. can't see how this is a good idea in any way. But uh, the, the campaign, which has been named Joints for Jabs, which is uh, not my favorite, not my favorite <laughs> name I've ever heard. Um, so it, it was announced yesterday by the state's <laughs> Liquor and Cannabis Board. Uh, it went into effect immediately and runs through July 12th. I have to pause again. <laughs> Washington State is kind of like another world, I guess, to me over here in Virginia. We do not have a cannabis board no. in Virginia. I, no. I didn't know this was a no. government thing. No, I mean, this so. this went from decriminalizing to let's put this in like the health category. That went, that, was, that ramped up pretty right. quick, huh? Man, they got some good lobbyists yeah. over there in the... Uh, <laughs> they must bring it in, They must be bringing in some good tax revenue over there in the marijuana industry on the West Coast. I don't know. What a, I don't know. It doesn't no, make much something. sense. No. So this. So the state made the decision to launch the initiative uh, after reportedly receiving multiple requests from marijuana retailers asking to engage in a promotion to encourage COVID vaccinations. Uh, so in Washington, marijuana is legal for recreational use for adults 21 years and older. Uh, the state also partnered with businesses in May to offer free alcohol to customers who showed Proof of vaccination, which also not my favorite idea. So <laughs> what's the left saying? Well, Biden has been touting all kinds of partnerships to get people to take COVID vaccines. Uh, if people get the shots, he said earlier this month, we can experience, quote, a summer of freedom and a summer of joy. Uh, so he, he advertised a promotion by Anheuser-Busch, which announced it will buy Americans 21 and older a round of beer once Biden's goal of vaccinating 70% of Americans uh, is met. Uh, this is an interesting shift for Democrats, though, and health officials, all of whom originally were telling people to get vaccinated and still insisting everything was going to stay exactly the same. Masks would still be required. Distancing would remain mandatory. Uh, so this is, this is kind of a, a new shift. Uh, I wasn't expecting beer and marijuana to be part of it, but, <laughs> you know. It is 2021. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's the right saying? Well, conservatives have really argued uh, that it should be left up to individuals, uh, Dan, about you know whether they want to get vaccinated right. or not. So why does it matter? Well, I, you know, I'm fine with whatever initiatives that private businesses want to do. That's their prerogative. It's up to them. Uh, but I will say I'm not a big fan of the government partnering to give away free alcohol and marijuana 
uh, for vaccinations. I know this sounds puritanical probably, but as a Christian too, uh, I, I look at the data showing that the United States already has a drug, marijuana, beer, alcohol problem. Uh, you know, across the country. We don't really need the government saying like, oh, get the shot and then take these unhealthy substances uh, because that'll make it better. Uh, so, you know, I, I just think there are a lot of other healthier options out there uh, other than other than beer and marijuana. But that's just that's just my opinion. I get the sense, Trey, and maybe I'm wrong on this. History and time will tell. I get the sense that we yes. are currently living in a time Save stories that you see like this. I really feel like there's going to be a documentary, much in the way that we would see, you know, old newsreels from back in the day. And you watch them and you're like, I can't believe people were doing that. And, um, you know, whatever the case may be. I think I saw one. on. It was a newsreel with interviews on a town nearby where I live uh, that was desegregating this, you know, back in the 60s. And you see the interviews from people and you're just like, I can't believe this was the same planet, uh, the way they were talking yeah. and the racism and everything else. I really think we're going to look back on things like this. Hey, Uncle Sam wants you to get the vaccine. We'll give you free opioid shots and heroin needles if you do it. Hey, you know, like what? What is going on here? I know that it's marijuana, but like clearly not. It's a drug. It's a narcotic. Like what? Are you, what are you talking about? Um, that yeah. is just pure insanity. I mean, regardless, even if you want to say it should be legal or not, it's certainly not healthy for you. And the government's like yeah. supposedly all about our health. You know, hey, socially distance, wear your mask, do all these things, be healthy, smoke some pot. What? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think we're well, going to end I'm waiting for the documentary, the 30 for 30 in 30 years from now, when <laughs> everyone laughs at all the things that we did in the last year. And we have, so there's the ad council, which is you know, a government agency yeah. that puts out all of these ads uh, about drugs and, you know, don't, don't smoke pot, don't, don't vape, whatever, uh, all of these ads. But then, but if you're going to get the vaccine, then you know, maybe vaping's, <laughs> maybe vaping's cool. In fact, we'll just give you the vape pen ourselves. We'll pay for it. So it just, it just seems like, What? What is the government doing with with this? I, I don't see how it's. I, I hope you're right about uh, the future, Dan. That we'll look back and say, and generations after us will look at look at us and say they were crazy. Like <laughs> these are this this was not a good idea. That's true. You know, I didn't even think of that. I'm just assuming we'll move back towards sanity at some point. If we don't have those documentaries, eee. I mean, we could be. Yeah, it could be. An, it could be not. All right, I don't want to be a pessimist on the future. Let's just trust God's plan and his, his sovereignty and that um, uh, everything is going according to his purpose as planned, uh, including yes. allowing our wackiness with things uh, from the federal government here so and state government. So, all right. That <laughs> That's is, a good way to leave it there. Yeah, I know. I know. I could have done better. All right, head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective, probably some more positive stories as well. God bless. <laughs> we'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>